Unfortunately, because of the war, the deer park had fallen into neglect, which Nigel intended to rectify as soon as possible. As he neared the stables, he saw that the solicitor had not yet arrived. He reined the horse and jumped down. Give him a good rub down, Mac, he said as he handed Blaze over to the groom. Aye, your lordship. Knocking the mud off his boots, Nigel entered the house and pulled at his gloves, dropping them on a mirrored table in the hall. A maid appeared to take his tweed riding jacket, leaving Nigel in jodhpurs and white tailored silk shirt. She dropped him a quick curtsy, a shy smile, and hurried away. Nigel caught the rose blush in her cheeks. He was aware of his handsomeness, aware of his effect on women, but he wasn't conceited about it. Good looks were something he had simply been born with, along with abundantly thick, wavy hair and a smile that both dazzled and invited. He strode into the salon where Grandmother and his younger brother Rupert were waiting. The weather chose to break at that moment, and rain began to pelt the centuries-old mullioned windows. It's starting to come down, he said as he strode to the drinks cart and poured himself a small whiskey. I hope Radcliffe doesn't get caught out in that. Radcliffe the solicitor, bringing the old man's will. Nigel downed the drink in one swallow. He couldn't wait to get started on the changes around Stallwood. When the lights flickered, her ladyship the dowager baroness, Nigel's and Rupert's grandmother, tugged a bell pull and presently a footman appeared, a young man in a black tailcoat with a starched white shirt over a black waistcoat. Yes, your ladyship. Please see to it that oil lamps are placed in all the rooms, along with matches in case the electric generators go out. Very good, your ladyship. The Dowager Baroness thought that the modern age wasn't all as convenient as it was cracked up to be. Stallwood Hall even had a telephone, and while making some aspects of life easier, she found that it curtailed communications that would otherwise have occurred face to face. We shall soon be a nation of telephone talkers, she thought, and never see one another again. She clasped her hands tightly as she sat stiff and straight-backed in a Queen Anne chair. She dreaded the reading of her son's will. It placed a finality on his death that she couldn't face. In the span of three years, she had lost her only son and her eldest grandson in a war that made no sense no matter how many times it had been explained to her. But despite her dread of this inevitable moment, she wanted the solicitor to arrive and get on with it. Mr. Radcliffe arrived at last and was brought to the salon, a small and neat little man who immediately arranged his papers on an ornate antique desk, clearing his throat so many times that her ladyship quietly asked the footman to bring a glass of water. Nigel took a seat and said to his younger brother, Don't worry, old boy. I'll allow you to continue to live here for as long as you wish. Bring your bride, too, should you ever decide you fancy women. Rupert didn't respond. He wished Nigel wouldn't take on such a cavalier attitude at such a somber moment. He didn't seem to take anything seriously. No doubt he had gone down to that old deer park again to conjure up expensive plans for its revival. Mr. Radcliffe cleared his throat and began to read. 
The first pages were filled with legalese that the others barely listened to. Their attention sharpened when he came to individual bequests. The butler and housekeeper were remembered, as was the late baron's faithful valet who had followed him into the army and survived the war. The masters of his stables and hounds also received gifts. Finally, what the remaining three barnstables had been waiting for. My mother shall continue to live at Stolewood Hall for as long as she desires, and will continue to receive the allowance that has been paid to her all these years, with cost of living adjustments. To my son Nigel, I leave the sum of one hundred thousand pounds. The rest of my estate, all its lands and titles and various incomes, as well as the family fortune, I leave to my youngest son, Rupert. As rain washed down the windows and fire crackled on the grate,